Welcome to Mitten Music, where we discover and explore all things that make the local Michigan music scene happen. So Ryan, back in Mitten Music here. Mitten uh, Music's back, Jeff. We got our first guest on the show, the podcast. Uh, super excited for... Uh, I don't know if you call him a legend or not, but a local <laughs> music in uh, West Michigan, uh, for sure. Um, he started his career in the 80s at Grand Rapids Press, uh, did entertainment reviews, music critiques, um, and was a reporter for Grand Rapids Press for quite a few years, several de- decades, and then now as editor and publisher of localspins.com, a uh, website of a plethora of information around local music, as well as just artists coming into town, concerts, all that. And uh, and he also has a show on WYCE under Local Spins. It's, uh, you can find his podcast on, on the website as well every Friday at 11 a.m. And he's had over 400 episodes, so that'll give you an idea of the, the amount of volume there. <laughs> Means I'm uh, old. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, 1,500 debuted songs, I think, from local artists, wow. and which is pretty amazing. Uh, John Sinkovich is here today, and uh, welcome, John. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really honored to be like the first guest. This is like, I mean, you put the pressure on now. It's like, man, i got to live right. up to this. <laughs> I'm sure we didn't do your uh, background justice, though, John, so... You know, can you give us a little more insight of your journey? I mean, you've been you've been here in West Michigan talking about music for decades. Yeah, it's forty a, years. It's it's a long time. So it wasn't always about music. Although I have to tell you that music was always the undercurrent of everything that I've done pretty much over the years. You know, when I was a little kid, uh, growing up, um, I was smitten by the Beatles, and that, I mean, I was literally like six years old when I just was completely captivated by the Beatles, and it just never stopped from there. I literally became kind of this music fan overnight and it just built from there. So, you know, going through high school and being in various bands and then going through college, I was on the radio in all four years in the college radio station at U of M in Ann Arbor. And uh, actually the first, it's interesting because I didn't actually start working for the student newspaper, Michigan Daily, until I was a junior because I had gone in at one point and it sounded like it wasn't really anything I wanted to do. But I ended up writing for a fraternity publication even though I wasn't in a fraternity I, but, but I was writing their album reviews so that was the first oh, writing wow. job I had was That's writing cool. album reviews back in the day and then I ended up writing for the student newspaper just covering you know the normal student government kind of stuff got out of college at that point it was kind of a recession and so I really didn't have a job I was working for my dad in construction he's a carpenter and about a month into that in the summer after I graduated uh, I actually graduated with a, like an honors degree in journalism, and of course it was like, what am I going to do with this degree, right? Well, right. the Holland Sentinel calls me, Ooh. went in and worked for them for uh, less, probably I think eight or nine months, because they weren't, it wasn't exactly a high-paying job, right? <laughs> right. But I did everything there. I mean, they were, you, you know, when you're a kid reporter, you're like covering the police beat, and you're covering courts, you're doing schools, you're, I mean, I, mean, it was coming, I was covering basketball games and football games on the weekends, <laughs> and you know, you're doing the whole kit and caboodle, so you're learning a lot really fast. 
I ended up with a job, uh, used that to jump to a job at the Jackson Citizen Patriot, which is part of the Booth Newspapers chain in, in Michigan. Okay. Yep. And from there, a year after that, I ended up in Grand Rapids. I still remember my wife and I were driving around thinking, because Grand Rapids Press is the biggest newspaper in the chain in, yep. in Michigan, right? Right. Mm -hmm. We were thinking, ah, oh, this would be a great place to be for five years or so, you know. Well, <laughs> ended up being, she ended up working there too. She's a, oh, she's really? a reporter okay. and editor. And, um, and so we ended up, what? 40 years later, here we are, still in Grand Rapids, you know? So it just wow. ended up the way it ended up. And I was covering, you know, City Hall, and I covered the environment for 10 years. That was my thing for a long time, was covering okay. the environment. But I was also the first person to start writing album reviews for the Grand Rapids Press. I did it kind of on the side, and I was writing, you know, reviews of local stuff as well as national stuff. And uh, when... Uh, one of the reporters on the other side of the newsroom covering entertainment was gone for a summer. They asked a few of us to sort of fill in and start doing concert reviews. I jumped in, you loved it. it. I remember one of the first things I did, I interviewed Santana, Carlos Santana. Oh, really? And uh, that kind of went, well, this is like, this is too cool. This yeah. Because this too, is stuff I grew up with. Right. These are like heroes of mine. And so eventually they started this thing called the uh, the weekend section. It was coming out on Thursdays, and they needed somebody to fill in at the time. And I said, would you be willing to do this for six months? I said, yeah, I'll leave. I was getting burned out and everything right, right. I was doing. Yeah. Went over to the other side, started writing about music and entertainment, and I never left. I mean, that was it. You know, I, for 10 years, I... Found the path. Yeah, I did all, I, I, that's all I was doing, and what? it was great. And then eventually, you know, newspapers folded, and I got bumped, and I said, i got to start Local Spins, and... The, that's yeah. the story, you know. And wasn't your column called Local Spins? Yeah, I had a, I did have a column called Local Spins, and it was that I kind of adopted that because when I got out of when I, I knew when I was leaving the press that I had to keep covering music. It was there was so much going on in the local music scene that wasn't I could see was not being covered already. They were kind of backing away from that, and in fact, I'm live really doesn't do any almost yeah, any sure. music coverage, right? right? Yeah. So I said, look, there's too much going on here. There's, this scene is starting to explode. There's all these venues. There are all these really good bands. You know, Somebody's got to fill in, and if nothing else, even covering concerts. You know, So I started Local Spins, and it was like a brand that just really sort of you know, kind of hit everybody right away. They already knew kind of who I was. I had the credibility with a lot of the venues and a lot of the artists already. That really helped. When right. you're starting something brand new, like a business, I mean, literally... I was jumping off a cliff because financially, you know, you lose your job. My wife had actually got laid off too. Oh wow! From a different organization, and so we were kind of in that situation where we didn't know what we were going to do. We were going to sell our house, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I knew I was starting this website, but I didn't know if I was going to. You know, I still remember my wife saying, "Like, how are you going to make money on a website?" You know, that kind of thing. Well, you know, after about six months, though, I realized that there was a lot of support for what I was doing, and you know, people came. I started collecting some advertising. I still remember. That's awesome. I didn't know how to even sell an ad. You know yeah, what I mean? I, you know, right. It's not anything I ever did before. So yeah, I had to like learn all this new stuff, and I had to learn the technology, and just being able to do what I was doing and really adapt to what was happening. And uh, it, it took a while, it took a good year or more, but I realized fairly soon into the process that there was definitely a lot of potential here. And it really, what I really noticed was that musicians and fans were really responding and they were the ones that really kept me going they were the ones that gave me a pat on the back and saying you know we really need this you know keep it up kind of a thing and that, that goes a long ways when you're really trying to figure out whether or not this is really something worthwhile you know so um so yeah and then 10 years later i was gonna we're gonna celebrate our 10th anniversary in may um, trying to have a kind of a downtown mini festival. And oh, really? Some, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it up. I think for the tenth anniversary, so that's gonna be a lot of fun. So I got I got a quick question here for you, John. Yeah. Is there any? Re so with your past experience, did that 
gravitate towards you extending the olive branch to us random two guys reaching out to you. Hey, John, we got this music podcast. Can you come do an interview with us? You're, I would imagine you're like, who are you jokers? You can't even give me a website. That you, what? Yeah, I always, I always like, think there's jokers out there. Yeah, But, but you know <laughs> what? through it all, so I, I feel like you know. I can tell when someone's sincere about yeah. what they're doing. And Perfect. I'll be That's honest awesome. with you, anything I can do to get the word out about you know what's happening in the music scene is a good thing. I've had I've been interviewed by a lot of different people for stuff like this, and it's yeah. really important because I think it's it's really hard for musicians and bands around here to even get any attention at all unless they're coming through local spins, you know, or WYCE. So in my view, any partnership that you have with anybody out there that's trying to pull up the scene, like you know, they always say, you know, the rising tide, you know, everything goes up with the, at the same time. We all sort of pull together as a community to try to get this thing going, and you know, awesome. podcasters, great, I love them, you know. Yeah, I was, I, I, you know, we've tried to do some too, uh, you know, separately with Ralston. Bowls want to sing or something. Oh, yeah, here yeah. In Grand Rapids, I've been doing some with him. Um, the pandemic kind of threw the wrench into that a little bit. But overall, anything we can do to sort of lift things up to me is a great idea, man. You know, it's, you know, between that and the beer community we got here, yep. and, you know, the venues which we hope will all come back. There's still a few that are sort of slow to come back after mm-hmm. the pandemic. But, you know, anything we can do to try to draw attention to what's happening out there, I think is all great. Yeah, and you're and you're talking about the scene. It's like the visibility. I've learned so much listening to your shows, like about all the music. There's just a ton of artists out there, and it's not just one genre. Like no. that's where you sometimes see it in a, when something blows up oh, in yeah. one area, a city. It's so diverse. It's almost like the business air, the business in Grand Rapids has been so diverse that we've been able to handle some economic downturns, but. Music, it's like if one goes down, the other one's going to yeah, fall yeah. right in. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, what's happened over the last 10 years, even while I've been doing local spins, has been remarkable. I noticed it, you know, maybe five years before that with just this sort of, uh, there, there's a lot of collaboration in this industry in the music where you don't necessarily see it in maybe a Nashville. There is collaboration, don't get me wrong, but there's also competition. You get to L.A. or New York or Chicago, there's a lot of competition because there's really a limited number of places for all these thousands of musicians to Seems play. Seems more cutthroat. Yeah, and, it, and, and there's definitely some of that. You know, I think there are communities where there's still a lot of collaboration too. But in, in Grand Rapids and West Michigan, I've seen a lot of it, for, actually the whole west side of the state. I've seen a lot of bands that are really supporting other bands even outside their own genres. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they they come to their shows. They they share their links on you know Facebook or on social media or whatever. Well, that's all part of it. Or they ask them to come and be part of their recording sessions, right? So it's all good. So I noticed even as I was starting the website, I started noticing that you know with the addition of venues, there's so many more venues starting to pop up that there were a lot of more opportunities for bands to actually sort of strut their stuff. And you're right, it's really everything from hip hop to folk rock. I think we've gotten a reputation a lot of folk rock bands too, mm-hmm. being you know from like mm-hmm. Crane Wives and you know the. Accidentals from up in Traverse City right. and that kind of thing, but you know when you think about it, there are some like alt rock bands. I mean, the Vert Pipe's still going strong. We were talking about right. the Vert Pipe yeah. earlier. You right? were talking to Brian Maynard just re- a couple. Yeah, of Yeah, yeah. Brian's a great guy. I've known him for many years, and and you know he's still putting out new music and still kind of pushing the envelope. Like he's doing all this co-writing with this female singer now. That it's really sort of added a lot, a new element <laughs> to what they're doing. You know, people are constantly sort of shifting gears and, 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 and kind of seeking out new things. And I consider myself like a music explorer. I always have been. I mean, I love trying to see what's new out there. It's not necessarily that I like everything I hear, but I love even listening to stuff I don't like because then I know what it's all about. And yeah. you sort of get this feeling that your knowledge of music is sort of expanding a little bit. And it's really fun, I mean, to see what's happening in the jazz scene. I mean, even even some of the, uh, the cutting-edge stuff that's happened. I mean, there's a band, uh, you guys probably have heard of them, but Earth Radio, which yeah. is... 
this neo soul yep. band mm-hmm. that kind of incorporates jazz and progressive rock and these you know crazy you know special effects and it all comes together in their live shows and there's really nothing else like it it's yeah. almost indescribable you know so you know there's all this stuff going on in all these different genres and it's so much fun to sort of see it and you know for for several years i've been um, hosting shows on wednesday nights at speakeasy lounge mm-hmm. and they've had to take a break because of the pandemic and i'm still trying to get back to the stage where we can start doing these wednesday night things and it's and it's local spins wednesdays and it's always great and it's a great opportunity because i've had everything from jazz bands to heavy metal bands although i have to say it that when we had the heavy metal band in there i was very nervous because there's like condos upstairs and i'm What's thinking oh my god here? what the heck is going on here you know but it ended up being a great fun night but um it's just so much fun to sort of explore that in a very intimate environment where you can actually talk to the artists and you can hang out there and really see what they're all about and then they have almost this sort of one-on-one relationship with the audience and there's nothing like it i mean to, to, to sit in a small venue and really experience a band firsthand like that i mean that's really where the passion comes from i mean i'm i'm still constantly blown away by performances that I see you know I mean I mean it's great to go see the Rolling Stones at Ford Field but on the other hand I think it's almost more it's, it's almost a, a groovier better longer term kind of experience when you see like uh, for instance I still remember seeing Alejandro Escovedo for the first time at Wealthy Theater in Grand Rapids there were like 200 some people there and you're thinking and this that was one of the most amazing bands I've seen on stage and thinking how, how are there not more people here right you know, you know what I mean Absolutely. so it's that close that's experience all, is pretty yeah, awesome, yeah. Yeah, you know, you you almost feel like you're part of the scene, you know, when you're when you're sitting there and, and, and listening to these people. So, and then there's the local bands, same thing. You know, some of the shows I had at the at Speakeasy, uh, Go Rounds. I still remember did a CD release show there. They're from Kalamazoo, and they're just an, another band that has a very distinctive sound to it. You know. And these, the fans were just all over. I mean, they were just dancing, and the whole place was just clogged with people. And I'm thinking, man, this is like, there's no other feeling like that to be in, in the middle like, of Like, I'm glad this is my job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my hobby, exactly. and my passion. Yeah, exactly. And, and you, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of work involved, too. You know, like, yeah. people always laugh, like, oh, you have the best job in the world. Yes, that's true. But you also don't see it when I'm at... Two o'clock in the morning, and I'm writing my typing out my review and trying Ooh. to find the photos and uploading photo galleries. But how much of a bummer would it be if you were up at two in the morning writing reviews about something you didn't really care about? Well, that's true. All. No, I mean, oh, and man. I've done that too. Believe oh, me, back and that's, in the day, that's back not in putting the, day. the work right to get to the spot where you're at. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's good. I mean, I've got that whole breadth, I guess, of experience or that uh, you know the institutional knowledge where I can yeah. sort of. You know, I, being a police reporter or being a government reporter really helps when you're covering music, too, because you have that basic underlying reporter instinct, you know? Yeah, that's so true. for me, there's a lot of things I've used from that time time period to sort of help as a, as a, as a, as a you know, music writer, too. And being a musician helps, too. You know, I've still got a band. We haven't played out in a while, unfortunately. But, you know, having that musical experience, I think a lot of musicians respond to that when you're interviewing them. And they realize that you've actually been on stage, you know, before. And you yeah. kind of know what it's all about. Right, for sure. Um, so, you know, that part of it's cool, too. It's, it's uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think all the stuff that I've probably seen over the years. <laughs> so you, you mentioned a little bit, you know, you, you like to explore music. So that's one thing I like about your show is that you have the diverse range and you don't like lock into, no. okay, we're just going to play rock or we're going to play folk rock or, or whatever it is. Um, how is, though, recently, I mean, back when you start, first started reporting, how much has changed in the scene? I mean, was it as diverse? Was there? Was there? No, 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 no. In fact, there was a time where it was seemed like it was pretty dead. You know, I mean, uh, I think 
there's always been sort of this undercurrent of blues here, because I think because of the Chicago influence and the Detroit influence. Mm-hmm. So there's always been like these blues bands, local blues bands, and then bands from Chicago that would come up. In fact, when I first moved here, I remember we used to go to blues shows all the time, and a lot of times it was guys from Chicago who were coming up here and playing in Grand Rapids because it wasn't pretty hop, skip, and a jump kind of a thing. You know, and then there's a typical rock bands, you know, kind of thing that's always been kind of there. Uh, but I think in general, man, we, I mean, to see what's happened, I mean, there's a really good hip-hop scene here, and it's kind of underground, but but at times when it raises its head and it's, it's got some really talented people involved. Uh, a lot of great jazz players around, you know, and, and they've always kind of been simmering under the under the under undercurrent. But I think we've really seen a big jump in that whole folk, folk rock, alt-country, Americana kind of a thing. Yeah. There's a lot of bands. In fact, it's kind of interesting how many artists have moved here to Grand Rapids from like Nashville, from Detroit, hmm. from Chicago, Ooh, because know. you know the cost of living in those cities is much higher than it is here. Even though things are you know getting more expensive too, but it's much easier to live here and do your thing than it is to do that in some of these other bigger cities. So uh, I, I can name a lot of people that have moved here from from some of those bigger communities, and even though they might be departing what might be considered a music city or a big town, they can still do what they're doing now, and technology allows you to do that, right? Yeah, right. It, it, it used to be you had to be in these towns if you were going to do anything or make it or whatever. Now it's not necessarily the case. A lot of these artists are, you know, they're finding ways to do it on their own, and you can sort of the internet's available to sort of even you know mix stuff and have people submit their vocals and do all that stuff. So it's definitely more possible now. The only the flip side of that is there's so much out there. It's almost like how do you how do you find where that is? And that's kind of partly where I come in is that I'm trying to let people know that what's out there and, and it's even impossible to keep up with. I mean, we were talking about all the artists and people that I've focused on over the years. I just had to compile a list, in fact, for YCE because they're going through, they're trying to come up with their Jammy Award winners and all this kind of stuff for mm-hmm. the next year. And... Um, just seeing who's there. So I had to compile a list of everybody interviewed this year uh, at, for YCE alone, just for YCE, not all the other stuff I do. And then all the new, all the new stuff that I've reviewed. And there, there were more than a, there's a hundred and some just in that. Oh and that doesn't gosh. count all the songs that I've debuted, yeah, which yeah. are by various artists. So, you know, it's really difficult to showcase everything. So oh, yeah. we do what we can. You know, I've got, I've got a few writers that I depend on, freelance writers. I've got this wonderful stable of photographers. And, and really, to me, photography is really key to what I do, too, because if you have a good photographer and a good concert photographer, it really sort of helps tell the story of what's there, and people really appreciate that. So I, I started early on finding some photographers that could really sort of help show what's what's happening on the scene. And so I, I have a bunch of freelance photographers that are doing a great job. And between all that, we you know we do what we can to sort of, you know, cloak the area but you know i'm still always looking for good writers i'm still always looking for people like i've looked for years to find somebody in kalamazoo just so i have somebody in that region to sort of keep track of stuff you know uh one of the best writers i had down there ended up leaving for another job and so i'm still you know but that's a constant part of doing what i'm doing you're always right trying to expand you're never sitting still you're always trying to do something different or trying something new and always trying to figure out what you're missing you know frankly i mean i know i'm missing a lot of stuff so i, I depend on other people to let me know what's going on and, and at least you know let me know where we're going that next. network it's just that network you've created of people yeah, and you got, hopefully people you've worked with yeah. recommend you to other people coming into the scene like hey you gotta check out john he might oh they do yeah, yeah. with something he i worked for him he was awesome yeah they that's do and that's so great yeah that's a lot of fun and I, like i say I, was t- I, was, I think i said off air before we started this that you know i love hanging out with musicians because 
they always have something interesting to say. I find musicians to be incredibly intelligent. They also are on the uh, seem to be on the sort of the nice side of the issues. You know what I mean? They they all seem to be pulling together. Um, that there's just something very vibrant about being around people that are artistic and creative and are and are always looking out for each other. You know, so in my view, you know, the more you hang out with them, the more you find out about what's going on beyond your little circle. Because we all tend to kind of put our heads down and start. You know, we get our blinders on sometimes, and we're doing what we're Plugging doing. Away, yeah, I got to get it done, right? So it's great when somebody kind of throws something at you from outside of that sphere, and you can actually say, oh, God, I didn't know that was there, and, man, it's great. I got, now I can look at this, you know? And that happens to me almost every week. I mean, I always get hit with something I wasn't aware of. That's hmm. cool. Yeah, that's neat. So you, you mentioned Kalamazoo. You used to have a writer down there. You cover that. Yeah. You, you cover... Pretty much all of Michigan, for the yeah. most part. So how how is that? Where yeah, I mean, you, you focus like, more on West Michigan, right? But yeah, you, it's so you know, obviously we're headquartered in Grand Rapids. So yeah. The easiest thing for me is to be Grand Rapids, Lakeshore, Kalamazoo to Traverse City. Essentially, is sort of our core area because a lot of these bands sort of travel that route too. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're 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 doing that whole thing. They're playing Bells and they're playing up in you know up in Traverse City or they're playing you know Shorts Brewing or whatever. So you know, those are all bands that I that I try to sort of keep track of or whatever. Um, always looking to see if there's other places I can explore. So if there's bigger shows, like we covered you know, the Rolling Stones at Ford Field the other night, and then it, but we don't really, I don't, I don't want to get into the habit of like covering shows over there because I think that people, you know, when some bands come through Van Halen Arena, yeah, they want to see it. And these are the, this is my core readership, right? But you know, that's the only place you're going to see the Stones. So you know, right. I feel like sometimes I need to jump outside of that and go to yep. Detroit. And you know, we've covered a bunch of stuff in that in that neck of the woods too. And then and then once a month or more often, I have a relationship with a studio in Ypsilanti called Grove Studios, where they uh, we exchange sort of stories. Essentially, they have a really good writer over there who provides stories about bands from Southeast Michigan and artists from Southeast Michigan. It's a great opportunity to sort of bridge that gap, and that's one thing I've really tried to do is try to bridge the gap between East and West. There are a lot of artists that never get any airplay, or don't nobody knows about them in Detroit, and vice versa. And yeah. I think it's important for us to start getting that feel like, look, there there should be more cooperation, or there should be more of a spotlighting of artists from both sides of the the state. So, and that's difficult because. You know, I'm not over there, right? I'm not. Right. It's not like I'm really clued into it. So it's nice having a couple people in that area, and I know, and I have a couple of writers over there who are really helping out and trying to at least give give me a, some heads up on stuff that might be happening. Because some of these artists are playing in Grand Rapids, and it's nice for people to learn out learn more about them. And then in the summertime, uh, pre-COVID especially, although it ramped up big time this summer, we cover a ton of festivals. I mean, that tends to be one of our are most read things. People are really, I mean, Michigan's music festival scene has literally exploded over the last 15, 10 or 15 years. Upheaval is just something like last couple of years, right? It's been nuts. That's, and a I'm big, telling, that's, the big, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. And so so think about what it, what the scene was like 15, 20 years ago. Let's say, even, let's say before Electric Forest even started, right? Yeah, good. As, as a good place to start. Uh, there were only... I can't even think of, but a few handful of music festivals. How high were, was that even back that then? Was, that that was even... small, but it was like a blues festival, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, right? yeah. So there was stuff like that, really sporadic kind of stuff. And since then, it has exploded. I mean, you've got some major festivals. Half of what I hear about, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a Michigan? Yeah. I, oh, someone from California, my sister in California, she's telling me about some 
You yeah, know? yeah. Some celebratory music festival, whatever. And she's like, you know, it's in Michigan, right? Like, no, I, I thought you were telling me something that was in California. This sounds awesome. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. And then there's a lot of smaller ones, too, that are very, very intimate. People just love having the experience of being, of going for a weekend and just immersing themselves with other people. They're just very like minded. Oh, this camaraderie that develops among festival goers is amazing mm-hmm. to watch. They're, it's like, it's like their thing. And if you're not here, you don't get it. But if you're here, you really understand what it's all about. I mean, anybody who's been to Electric Forest realizes that this is like a crazy special kind of place to be. It is. It's artistic. It's immersive. It's like, and people travel from all over the country to be there. And it's it's just crazy how uh, how it sort of elevates things to a different level. It's not just about the music, you know, it's about the experience. And that's become what people want to see and what they want to hear. And you think of a music festival as like a weekend or a four-day thing, and Electric Forest now is literally two week, yeah. two weekends, two weeks full of stuff. Yeah, like, they, they, actually come, we, they actually come back to one week, but I'll oh, bet you they're back to two weeks after two, taking two yeah, years oh, yeah. off. Fair enough, two fair years enough. Off. For so sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised. That's if just they, bonkers. It is. Just and all the extra stuff that goes into it yeah. keeps everyone satisfied. There's so much to do just outside oh, of music. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, it's I, I find that, uh, you know, there's been talk about like, like building different like outdoor venues and stuff. But, you know, I, I wonder if uh, what the logic is in that when you've got so many festivals that are going to be competing with this stuff, right? Because right. in the summertime now, people have a lot more options for outdoor entertainment than mm-hmm. they ever did. Every, almost every single community across, especially the west side and up north, has like in the summertime has like free summer concerts outdoors. Yeah, I mean, I am oh, telling, for we sure. keep track of we're the only website that keeps track of this and there are hundreds of these things going on. <laughs> I am not kidding you. Any night of the week you can go see a local or a regional band. Ten miles from where we're yes. sitting. There's yes. there's the Hudson Bow one. There's a yes. Grand Bow yes. one. There's everywhere. an Allendale one. Grand Haven, Grand Rockford, you know. It's you everywhere. Yeah. Every you're right. You're just like every brewery every brewery in every yeah. town there's a yeah. every concert tour. Yeah. 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 Every night of the week. So, you know, there are plenty of opportunities for people to catch check out local music and national music so you know it's 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 going to be interesting to see how that all shifts i mean like i say 15 years ago the music festival thing was not necessarily like an industry here it is now Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's big time and there's potential for making a lot of money at a festival and there's also potential for losing a lot of money at a festival i mean i i always feel bad for people because i know how much work goes into creating an event like that it's ridiculous how much time and energy and money and and, and volunteer help you need to put something like this together and if it rains the first year to put together an outdoor festival <sighs> i mean like, you're really kind of in bad shape yeah. so um i really respect what they're doing but i also think that you know there's more and more competition every year and you know it'll be interesting to see how as we develop get past covid how all these people are going to settle in and, and finally you know find, right. find that you know place where they can actually make money and actually break even a lot of them are just looking to break even you know yeah. they're doing this with a passion like i have you know they're, but they're just doing it for a festival you know so i can't wait man i can't wait to where i have the options like every weekend it's like hey what, what am i going to check what's going on this yeah weekend? like i'll literally just go to whatever is within you know 30 miles of wherever we're at yeah hey there's some band i never heard of sounds like a cool thing they're playing at you know, parenting Comstock or something like that. No, that's absolutely cool. Right. I'll go check it out. Yeah. Just like I can't wait for that to come back, where it's a thing every yeah. weekend, constantly. And, and I could see it where, yeah, after the pandemic, there's a lot of pent up, yeah, like yeah. people pent are ready up. to be out for live music, whatever it is, and eat it up. So, like you said, next summer yeah. is going to be probably just like so. Crazy. Yeah, even this summer, with all the stuff that came back, um, even though stuff was maybe more limited and maybe started a little bit later, um, people were ready to spend money. Yeah, I think there were a lot of people who 
you know, last year they didn't do anything, and so now they've got this money, you know, for whatever reason, they're just ready to, like, let it let it go. And I heard that Live Nation, you know, giant concert yeah. promoter, right? Live Nation booked twice as many shows for 2022 as they did as 2019, before the pandemic. Right. Whoa! So things are going to literally, if everything stays okay, things are literally going to go nuts in 2022. There are going to be more tours, you know, crisscrossing the country and the globe than you've probably ever seen before. Well, right. Jeff and I have tickets to go see Tool in March. In oh, that's, that's going to be a great show. Uh, that, uh, I, I was actually going to wear my Tool shirt in commemorative of uh, the yeah. concert, but I went old school. Yeah, Maynard Ferguson. Yeah. See, it's local music. It's these Kendall from Kendall College, here, right? Yeah. 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 Kendall College. I still remember looking at this video of him uh, of, uh, um, playing a song uh, that, that ended up being on their what their second album or whatever else. It's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's amazing to see him back in college doing what he was doing. You know, <laughs> he's something else. Yeah, we, that we could. We could talk about that for a whole other day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah. doubt. We'll spare the audience and the <laughs> fanboys in there. Yeah. Well, look, I just started collecting records. I just, that's what I got. No, there you go. All right. I got that one out there. That was an original EP, right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah that, was, that was the first one, yeah. I was just telling Jeff, I, 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 music has been my thing, right? I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of CD, cassette, jewel case CDs I have oh, stored away, all cracked and the CDs are missing, whatever. Um, but I got into vinyl. Yeah, more for the showmanship of it. Like I just want to yeah. show. I I like badging myself and branding myself on what I like. So I like to so art. So album covers are yeah, my thing. Absolutely, so man, I love it. It took me forever to figure out. I need to get vinyl because they're you know nine by nine or however big they are, and that show, it's not a poster, no. but it's a piece of music. It's a piece of art, yeah. and that's what I can show off. So I've just slowly started to buy vinyl records just so I can. Put them around. And obviously, you can see, look at around my office, I have comic book stuff all over. That's another thing of mine as well. <laughs> well, I, I grew up, obviously, with the whole vinyl thing. And so I've got hundreds and hundreds of vinyl myself. Oh. And I love it. And I've been spent, but I've also got a ridiculous number of CDs. And I've been trying, I've been redoing my music room. And I've been trying to sort through by, by alphabetically all the CDs because oh. they've gotten completely messed up over the years. What a nightmare. <laughs> it is so imagine. hard. What I really need is to hire an intern to go do my <laughs> alphabetization of my... You, you might be, be able to convince me to do it for free, my yeah, man. That, yeah. That's like that's my anxiety uh, riddling. Like I, yeah, I, yeah. It's cathartic just going stress, through... Yeah, stress reliever, yeah. Organizing music-related stuff, CDs, albums. Oh, yeah, well, you guys yeah. talk about, I mean, the one thing that we kind of lost with the electronic stuff is the art. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, I, and, that, and that was always hand in hand. I mean, right. we would, I would open up these album covers, they would be like all this stuff. Would you be couldn't yeah, wait right? to you check know, it there'd out. There'd be posters and there'd be like all this stuff. Lyrics. I, mean, I mean, remember getting anything by Pink Floyd or Elton John or, you know, the Beatles or whoever. And part of it was the was just looking at the, just listening to the album. and But the whole time you're going through the cover and going through all the stuff that, was, that came with it. Exactly. And, um, and yeah. that was part of the experience. That's what I liked about vinyl. It also forces you to take the time. To put the album on there, put the needle down, listen to one side, get up, go turn it over. Understand it. You know what I mean? It's, yep. it's part of the experience is actually taking the time and the effort to actually do it rather than just, you know, I'm streaming this song and, you know. And I, hey, I stream all the time. I have to to keep up with everything. But there's something really special about the not only the sound of vinyl, but also just the experience of being able to sit down and actually listen to an album all the way through. You know, it's to me, it's like that. That's just the way it was. Yeah, and back then, it's like it, for myself, it was getting into CDs. Like when I got my first CD, you know, I was so geeked. But you put your CD in the CD player, similar to vinyl, not quite the same, but similar. 
you hit net you know, on the CD player. You hit next on the track. You yep. get a track number one, two, yeah, three, yeah, four, yeah, five, right. and you got to follow along with the back of the yeah, album to yeah. see which track you're on. Vinyl, a little bit similar, different process. Yeah. But today, like people don't know what track no. numbers songs were because they don't no. associate. Well, they don't even that. know what an album is. Yeah. I mean, like it's somebody just, releases. So I was interested no. to know about like local artists. So How has that affected like local bands? Because that's a whole different. So what I've known, obviously, and it's very true with the industry as a whole, I mean, singles are becoming a huge deal now, which is really odd to me because singles were a thing back when I was growing up too, but it was kind of like, it was was different because the singles would drive whatever the album was going to be, right? Now it's just a single. Now it's just a single. And maybe they'll collect them eventually on an EP. But what I'm seeing more and more is that uh, artists are putting out singles or singles and EPs because it takes less time to record this. I mean, you get together, you do two or three songs, you can get it out to your audience fairly quickly. And that's important to a lot of artists because otherwise they feel like, hey, what have you been doing lately? What new music do you have? And if you're waiting for them for two years to put out a 12-song CD or whatever... You're waiting for Tool for 10 years. Yeah, exactly, as (laughs) as most people did, yeah. Um, You don't, you know, it's... it's, I think they feel like they have to keep their audience engaged. And it's really important. You know, they use their Patreon, which helps them support what they're doing and paying, you know, getting special songs. And so they're constantly... I feel like bands are more in the studio all the time just for individual projects rather than two weeks we're going to record an album and then we're done right you know now it's like well let's pop into the studio and do a, do a song and then maybe two months later we'll do another one you know that kind of thing so and it makes sense in some ways because that's what the audience expects uh, I personally still want I mean I'm not I, I've told people this before and maybe I'm just being an old school jerk but I, I, I don't do single reviews you know I'm not going to review a single to me, it's not worth my time and energy to do that. That makes sense. You, if you put together an EP and an album and you spend the time and the energy to do that, I'm, I'm happy to review it. But to me, doing, reviewing a single kind of makes no sense. I mean, I, I realize people are doing it all the time, but to me, it, I feel like I would like to see more. I also like the idea of, of someone taking the time to be able to like thematically maybe do something with an album. You know? Yeah, right. I, I think a lot of artists are starting to go back to that, actually, yeah. because they, I think they miss that whole process of going, but well, we want to make a statement. You know, we do it in one song, I feel like it's not quite there, right? But if you package it in eight or nine songs, it ends up becoming more more impactful, you know? So I, I feel some artists are really starting to embrace that again. And then the vinyl thing has really helped, too, because all of them want to put out vinyl. The resurgence. Yeah, I uh, felt like... In nine, late nineties, early two thousands, vinyl wasn't a popular medium Never, yeah, for bands no. to go towards. No. Maybe in the eight, maybe in tapering, tapering off in the eighties and the early nineties. Yeah. But yeah, these days I feel like every artist I like is like, and we have the vinyl coming out yeah. on the twenty seventh. I'm like, what? Yeah, you're it's a big release you? date. Yeah, yeah, for that you are you're purposely putting on the vinyl ahead of time yeah. in anticipation of your album instead of yeah. a decade after the fact. Yeah, and record awesome. store days now are all full of that stuff. Oh, you know, they yeah. want all these special vinyl releases. You know, and and big name artists are doing it too. It's not just this, you know, the yep. local bands, but everybody really wants to be part of that. I think, and I think that's why I like it because you know, that's like I say to me, it it means you really put your effort in, and yeah. you have to and really you, it's think that about piece what you're you can doing. touch. It's that big yeah, chunk yeah, tactile, tactile, right, tactile. Right. Yeah. all good. You know, even even going into the so, record store is great. I mean, I. Flipping yeah. through records, oh. you know, and all that stuff. I mean, that whole or thing. Or scrolling on Spotify with yeah. your, just your finger on your mouse. 
I mean, yeah, you think that's another area. It's like that that almost died, right? The record oh, yeah. store. The record stores <clears> almost died. A lot of independent died. record stores went out of business, sure. Yeah. And even the big name, actually, the big chain ones went out of business. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was hard for them to keep going. I think now there's, you're seeing at least the ones that were able to survive are actually doing pretty well. The, yeah. uh, in Granville, Wyoming, Corner, Corner Record Shop. Record Shop. Yeah, Corner I used Record to Shop. go there in mid-90s, and it was cool and everything. Like I said, late 90s, early 2000s, it, was, it just got felt so small. I hadn't been there in a decade, and I went there maybe two months ago. Yeah, it's I huge. I could not believe they they it's own the huge. entire freaking building now. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, the yeah. entire building. It's three yeah, times it's bigger than it was. Yeah, yeah Vertigo massive. Music downtown is in Grand Rapids is is also. I mean, it's just it's just a magnet for a lot of people, and I love going in there and seeing kids in there. Yes, you know, going oh, through vinyl. Cool it's like, ah, oh, this is great. This is because this is what I did when I was growing up. You know, when I was growing up, believing music was a little. Oh, oh yeah, believing music stickers on my car. Yeah, and yeah, oh, I yeah. love it. Believe in so music. I bought a lot of my records that believe in music. Yeah. And I remember coming home and I still have these memories of okay, I bought these three albums back in 1981 at you know at Believe in Music and I still remember the ones I bought you know I mean it was just this cool thing because you'd walk in and you'd listen to a song that was going like you know that they were playing about who is this and you'd go up to the guy oh yeah that's such and such mm-hmm. and you'd start flipping through and go well I think I'm gonna buy this album you know and I sort of missed that whole and that's part of the exploration thing is you know I love listening to all this new stuff because you never know what you're gonna hear that's really gonna capture your attention and really get before, you thinking about before before Best Buy let you listen with headphones to an album Believe in Music was the first place oh, I yeah. stumbled where they had little not booths but they had ten yeah. albums released on a weekly basis yes they would stick them in there you put your headphones on you could listen to the whole album just standing there. Yeah. That was the coolest thing I could think of when yeah. I was in junior high high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so even, awesome. even radio. <clears throat> so I grew up with that WLAV when LAV was like a progressive mm-hmm. station. Oh, Nobody yeah. else was like LAV. They were actually kind of a national leader in a lot of ways. They broke a lot of bands here in Grand Rapids of all things. But they would play an album all the way through every day, every night at midnight. They got in trouble, I guess, with some of the record labels eventually because you know, people were recording it like I would too. You oh. record that night, wait till midnight, and then record it, and then you could listen to it again or yep. whatever. But it really, like, I still think about some of the bands I discovered, you know, because I stayed up late and listened to these albums all the way through. Wow. You know, I mean, that was a great experience. It was like it was. There's nothing like it, you know. Well, we're gonna press pause on this interview for a moment. I hope you're enjoying the interview as much as we have with John. We're going to actually hit up another episode with him because we had such a lengthy interview and we'll touch back on that in a couple weeks. So Ryan. Yes, sir. So uh, after our first episode aired and we sent it out, we got some text about the episode oh, and messages. Yeah. But then the big thing, news came out the day after, which we hadn't planned. We didn't know. We didn't have mm-hmm. an inside story. But uh, so Pine Knob, yeah, I think you know that well. Is Pine Knob again. again. Yay! Yes. No more commercialization right? in the name. So what did we think the, the, the history was? It, like I remember the history of Pine Knob from what I think. Let me, let's compare notes here. So I remember a long time ago... It was it was Pine Knob. Yeah. And then the name changed to DTE Energy Theater, right? Or was was there another name before that? Do you no, know? I think it was always it was Pine Knob Music Theater and then it moved to DTE Energy. Okay. For some reason I thought maybe there was another name between DTE and Pine Knob. I don't believe no, so. And if it no, was, it you know was what? We, very short lived. Yeah, we look I think we did <laughs> I think we did look this up and fact check it, maybe. And I'm pretty sure you're right. Cause now yeah, okay. Because Pine Knob was because there was a ski resort there too. Oh, was it? I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. I don't know if it was right there. Like Cannonsburg kind of. Yeah, it was a real kind of a small oh, place. Okay. I never, I never was into skiing, but yeah. uh, I remember that being there. But 
because uh, I only lived like 15, 20 minutes from the the venue. Where which you was grew awesome. up. It was like going to the mall. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. So yeah, DTE put their name on it uh, for about 20 years. How much money do you think that cost? I don't know. <laughs> a lot. 20 years to have your name on a... It's not an amphitheater. Yeah, it's an yeah, amphitheater. It's an amphitheater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how much that really paid off Gosh. because everybody, you know, most people called it Pine, Pine Knob. Pine the entire time. Yeah. People that are, yeah, I would say our age, maybe a little bit older, younger oh, yeah. folks. Yeah, there might have been a transition there eventually. Yeah, I, like, I'm sure there was. I bet you there's people that are like, why are they renaming DTE to Pine Knob? What the heck is that? That's a dumb name. Yeah. Or if they were out of state visiting for a concert, they would have known no different. But. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, uh, it's back. Pine Knob, it's awesome. Pine Knob. And now I think there's some sponsorship like under underlining name, mm-hmm. but Pine Knob is the uh, is the main name now. I'm sure we'll hit that place up sometime this year. Yeah, I'd Did love you? to. I haven't been to, I haven't been back there in, in quite a few years. Hey, guess who I saw there last? Tool. Jeez, <laughs> oh, you know everybody's gonna get sick of hearing this <laughs> right time because we're you know we're going to that concert here pretty soon so. It's coming up in March. Yeah, it is. I wonder if there's any other... uh, I hope this is a trend in the right direction for stadium names because it's gone so far the other way. Everything has had uh, some kind of an advertisement on it. So you remember Old Kent Ballpark, don't you? Yes, I remember that. And that that went from Old Kent to Fifth Third. Yes. Fifth Third Ballpark. That's when Fifth Third bought Old Kent Bank. That's right. And then they went from fifth third to, or no, it's it's been fifth third for a while until recently. Yeah, until last year I think it was the first year. And now it's L L M C U Lake Michigan oh, Credit my. Union. If you want to say the full name, so you got to be a bank and you got to like just buy like buy. I mean, we call it a sponsorship. It's not like they own the ballpark, but they right. pay money to get their name on it. Yeah. Why is it banks? Like the most boring thing. They got thing. all the money. Uh, well, yeah, they got my money and your money. They don't. Do they got much of their own? Yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm not yeah. a banker. I don't know these things. I mean, at least like Old Kent, even though it was named after a bank, at least it was in Kent County. And it, it seemed s- to flow. It sounded cool. Like like yeah. Old Kent. Like, oh, I've never heard. Like, out-of-towners, yeah, they don't know that there's a bank, Old Kent. I mean... 2022 and i almost forgot that there was an old kent bank in the 80s and 90s or whatever yeah crazy that's funny yeah and are they so at lmcu i wonder how long they'll do it or i wonder how long before they change the name again it's like whatever just call it white cap stadium for anyone that didn't know right the the stadium we're talking about is where the white caps play and if you don't know who the White Caps are, they're a minor league baseball team of the Detroit Tigers organization. And they're triple, they're A. They're A, a or double A? They're single A now. And they were not even an A or double oh, A. Oh, they were anything. They're actually below that, and then they bumped up to double A. Because it uh, goes A, double a. a, and then triple A is like Tigers. Uh, so, no, triple A is Toledo. And then when you get to the Tigers, it's just major league. Oh, because it's out of a, a bracket yeah, 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 of yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. It's the pros. It's the pros. Well, yeah, now you yeah. can see why I don't play baseball. Yeah. I'll take the baseball facts. Good, because I don't know nothing about it. Sports in general. Nerds. So, talking about Pine Knob, mm-hmm. concerts. Any upcoming concerts they were looking forward to? Tool! Surprise! <laughs> March 8th. I think it's March 8th. Um, aside from that, because I'm sure we'll talk about it a bunch. Um, there is February 19th at Van Andel, Ghost and Volby are coming to Grand Rapids. I like both those bands. None, neither are especially high on my list of bands that I love. And if, if I knew tickets were like 
I don't know, like 20 bucks or less, I probably would go, but I know they're more than that. So, and at Van Andel, you know, things get pricey, so I probably won't be going to that. But I, I like both those bands. That's a cool, cool concert coming up. Yeah, and I only recognize that because it's in a week or two. Yeah. I was hoping to report when we had this next episode that I had been to Mammoth and Dirty Honey, mm. but they got pushed out about a month and a half from the start of their tour. So that is actually at the end of March now. Did you hear why they postponed it? Uh, I think it was just the pandemic. I think they Co-co- decided that they, because of the surge and everything, they just decided to push it out, delay it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They weren't going to cancel Fair. it. And uh, so that's fine. I'm Fair enough. I don't want any more canceled concerts for me. I bought tickets to see the Smashing Pumpkins at 20 Monroe in early 2020. Yeah, I was... Oh yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you and I were both gonna go. <laughs> I, I know. I forget. I totally forgot that. Yes, yeah. yes. So we we bought tickets to go see the Smashing Pumpkins, and that one got like delayed more than once. I feel like, and then eventually canceled like a year later. Yeah. I was, and I I keep hearing that they're gonna come back around, and I I really hope so. Yeah. Because. Am I thinking incorrectly? Were they going to play just Siamese Dream, or am I wrong? Uh, I maybe I'm. That. Maybe I I'm wrong. That. Maybe yeah. I'm. I think they were doing a tour either before or after. There was talks about them doing just a Siamese Dream tour or some shows that they were just going to play the right. album Siamese Dream. Well, it's kind of popular now. The anniversary yeah, tours. Yeah, for sure. Like I once saw Sebastian Bach of all yeah. uh, a few years ago. He did his 30th anniversary of the original Skid Row album. Yeah. Dang. Which was, it was pretty sweet. Was he the only original member? And he, and he just, yeah. Yeah, he's got his own band now. Gotcha. Um, him and Skid Row, like the band, they don't get along at all. Yeah, that that's one of the 80s bands that I didn't ever really follow terribly closely. So and then they, and then he was back, I think it was this year. Yeah, this past, um, like right around Christmas time, he came back and did the 30th anniversary of Slave to the Grind, which was their second album. Yeah. So, but there's other bands that have been doing the anniversary thing for a while. That's cool. I think they get board like you know you're in a band let's say you have five six albums you're touring for 30 40 years man you got to get sick playing a lot of these same songs or all the hits or the bangers that everybody wants to hear you gotta be so tired of it oh my gosh yeah so maybe i wonder if they they ever took a break from certain songs or songs off complete albums for any length of time just to come back around and do an anniversary tour because oh we're not really sick of it anymore we don't play it anymore. I don't know it's just one of those yeah. I wish I could we should we should start asking some other some bands as we have guests on we should ask them something like that yeah. Are there any songs you get like really get sick of playing like over and over oh for years and years and years I can't imagine too many are gonna say yes but I'm sure somebody would yeah mm-hmm. and and the cool thing with the anniversary thing at least it's like they play they they are playing a lot of songs they may never have played hardly ever. Because they're playing it from start to end, the whole album. Right. So they probably pick, you know, what, handful of songs from every album. Not to bring Tool up again, but I follow their tours very closely in their set lists and all the songs they play because they have a very lengthy, long, al- or uh, what do you call it, set of songs that they have, yeah. you know. So and, they only, and a lot of the songs are like 6, 8, 10, 12, right. 15 minutes long. So they only they really only play a handful of songs, but they're drawn out and they're so crazy. Um, and they always had staple songs that they would always play in every tour. In 2022, this tour right now, they're they've made the biggest changes they've ever made to their set list. They're playing. They've played a handful of songs they've never played live. I'm going to walk that statement back because I'm not super accurate. There is at least one or two songs that they've never played live that they've debuted on this 
tour. Um, and there's several songs, three, four, five songs that they haven't played in five to 15 years. So it, this is a special treat tour. This is your first time going to be seeing tour, right? Yeah, I'm, you're, I'm, I'm leaning on you to show me yep. the way. So you kind of will miss out on like the classic tool concert, I feel like, because a lot of the set list year, year was very similar, like very little change. And it's got all shaken up this year and everybody's loving it. I On Reddit, I look at the tool subreddit every day with whatever city poster design was at the concert last night or the new t-shirt design or when they went on stage. I don't know. I just love that stuff. Yeah, but it's it's gonna it's a pretty sweet it's well, pretty sweet set list. If they are completely different, then the next time I go see them, if I love it, which I assume I will, if there's a next time. Well, that's true. They take forever in between anything they do. Right. I I was hearing rumors rumors unsustain un, unsubstantiated. Yeah, that sounds yeah, about right. That's right. Rumors that they got one album left in them and maybe one or two more tours in them. Really? That's what I've been hearing, mainly because. Uh, Danny Carey, the drummer, he's considered one of the better drummers of all time. Definitely one of the best drummers currently alive right now. You know, how he drums, you should see this guy. He's probably like, what, 6'5", probably weighs 260. He's a beast. And you just see him going ham on these drums for years and years. And he's right. always drummed like this. Like, he's got to work out to stay in shape to play drums. And he, I read an interview recently. I'm trying to remember if it was Revolver, a, AP, Alternative Press, or somewhere. Um, his body's just, like, slowing down. He's like, man, I'm getting older. You know, they're 50s. And right. That's got to do something. So they they want to go out on a high note. So everybody kind of took that, meaning, oh, no, the end is in, end right. in sight for him. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, at least I get to see him once, That's if anything. Yeah. I, if they, I, anytime, any within, anywhere within a five-hour radius, if they came, I would go see him. No matter what time of year, whenever, I would yeah. just see him again. How about any bands that you've been listening to recently that you're really hooked on right now? Um, At the moment, nothing is jumping out. I feel like that kind of switches week to it switches week to week. How about you answer that question while I try to think back of all the that's songs fair, I've been listening to on Spotify yeah, the last five that. days? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm on top. Yeah. So I actually and and you guys will hear this in the second episode with John, but Patty Bershela and the Mayhaps is one I was actually listening to before John mentioned it, but not a lot. And then I really dived a little deeper. And I'm really loving that band, um, local Michigan band. I've been digging it. So actually, and I back to the contra thing, they're playing with Gasoline Gypsies in Pontiac this coming weekend. Um, I don't know if you want to call it Valentine's weekend, but I think it's the the twelfth yeah. that Saturday in Pontiac. So I'm the Silverdome. Yeah. Where do they play in Pontiac? Yeah, they sell out the, 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 the Silverdome. It doesn't even exist anymore. Oh, that's right. Duh. They blew that up. I, I don't know sports. I, Sorry, place, Jeff. This I... place called the, I think it's, I don't know if I want to pronounce it wrong, the Platt, P-L-A-T. It's, huh. it's, a, it's an acronym, and I don't want, it says Pontiac something or other. So um, I don't want to quote it incorrectly. Hmm. But that's happening this weekend. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out if somebody wants to go and check it out. It's a little bit of a drive for me. No, you're you're uh, tied up. But yeah, I don't that's even, all right. I got some. I got multiple things. I can't remember yeah. what. But I was so anyway, back to the band. Patty Prashela and the Mayhaps. Check them out if you haven't heard of them. A uh, little blues, little La rock. And I'm not a huge female singer. Like you gotta. No, you're like, a small female singer. Yeah, and you gotta wow me a little bit with that. And that's unusual for me to like 
a rock band that has a female singer. There's there's a few I like, but she's good. Uh, and we are trying to get her on the show. We've Potentially, been, we, yeah. Yeah, we've been emailing to see if we can't spark up a conversation because we feel like she'd be, you know, something good for the a good interview, good discussion, right. good 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 time. Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep at it. So, did you figure out who you uh, who you want to talk about? I did. So I quick look at my Spotify playlist to see like what I've been listening to. There has been quite a lot of Phil Collins in my Spotify playlist the last week. And as always, um, people that listen to this show ongoing will know that I, I, the Deftones are one of, or Deftones are my favorite band of all time. Um, and they're, they're always like one, number one, two or three. If I look back at any given history of any, since Spotify started, yeah. Deftones are on there, so yeah, I've been, I listen to a lot of Deftones. That's quite a contrast. Yeah, you think so? But that's awesome. That's the diversity, right? Uh, right. And here I'll go one up again. Um, the other band that I just noticed was uh, Churches. If you've ever heard of them, C H V R C H. Yeah, I've heard of them. I haven't listened to them a lot, but synth I've heard of them. pop. They they have a, they have an eighties sounding vibe with the synth pop, but it's not. It doesn't sound like eighties music at all. Um, uh, yeah, they're a good band. Female lead singer. Um, two other guys. Well, now three other guys in the band. They both do either uh, one of them does drums and the other two do synthesizers of some kind. That's a good. I, I really like them. It's that's cool stuff. All right. Yeah. Nice. Well, about wrap it up. Right. Mm. How about that? Uh, remember, come back in a couple weeks. We're gonna have part two or side two, as we call it, mm. because we talked about records in this last one, right? Yep. Side two with John. Hope you come back. Hope you enjoyed this first part, and part two is great as well. So anyway, as we always do at the end, uh, we'll wrap it up with some songs. But before that, remember to check us out on themittenmusic.com. That's our website. We've got some basic information. And we also now, Ryan, we have a, we have a playlist out there. I don't know if everybody knows that. But we're slowly building a playlist of mm-hmm. local Michigan music, and we'll continue to add as we have more interviews, and uh, especially after we get through the next episode, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of material that John talked about. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So, so if you don't catch it at the end of the show, where we have we highlight three songs, so we've kind of we've kind of set that as our limit. If you don't hear it there, and we've talked about it, go check out the playlist. You're probably likely to find it there. Uh, outside of that, you can always check us on the multiverse. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the metaverse. I was thinking Marvel. You know, <laughs> everybody's into the, you know, uh, All the the Spider-Man, you know, and uh, pop, you know, into that. Heck yeah. So you're, uh, are you saying you're not into the Marvel or Spider-Man too? No, I mean, I mean, I haven't seen the Spider-Man one yet. Uh, new movie. And Dude, you're a. I'm not a huge. What a buzzkill you are. Like, are you I, kidding I, I've me? I've watched a few of them. There's a few of them that Your I like. Your kids have probably seen it. Yeah, my son's really into the Marvel <sighs> stuff. But What a dad you are. I like Come Guardians on. of the Galaxy. Uh, Iron Man's always, I've always liked yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. And then a few other ones are okay, but I do want to see the new No, one. they're actually all awesome, the, the, so you're wrong. The multiverse, I do want to kind of <laughs> get into that a little bit, but yeah. I'll, I'll be way behind. So <laughs> don't, don't spoil uh, no, really, Metaverse, so, yeah, oh, wait, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff, check us out there, but most importantly, tell people about the podcast, yeah, share, share it, it with, that's the most meaningful way to connect uh, and, and for people to listen is sharing it to family and friends. If we have anybody email us or contact us in any way, shape, or form and ask us, say, hey, 
can you put your podcast out on another avenue outside of Spotify? We will do it. We can do it. We just, it's a little extra work. And I, you know, we're just a, a new humble beginnings podcast. Like no one really cares about us. Right. So we just got it on Spotify. But if you really want to hear it and you don't use Spotify, let us know. Yeah. We'll, we'll you know, give us your commentary back. If you want to hear of, if you know of a band hmm? or a recording studio or whatever that's connected in local music in Michigan, let us know. And uh, we'd be glad to, to jump on that for sure. Heck yeah. Should we rattle off the songs that we're going to have everyone take a listen to? Yeah. Why don't you start us off, right? If they would like to. So one of the first songs that uh, we got, The Witching Hour by The Verve Pipe, which is kind of funny because we kind of talked about The Verve Pipe a little bit already in our first episode. Yeah. And then uh, he mentioned The Crane Wives, and we chose the song, The Moon Will Sing. And for the third one, we have um, a band called The Accidentals and the song Michigan and Again. All right. Well, enjoy the songs. Come back in a couple weeks. We'll have part two, side two. This might be one of the few months that we have two episodes come out in a given month. So we'll have John's side two before the end of February. And then after that episode, we'll give you a sneak peek into what's coming in March. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. This is, Ryan, this is his. This, this is my jam, sons. Yeah. All right. Enjoy the music. We'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah. See ya.